Hello and welcome to The Hill is Always Greener, a show where four friends have chill discussions about Sonic the Hedgehog to distract themselves from the inevitable passage of time and their own rapidly waning ability to relate to the youth. I'm Cyberlink. I'm Game Buddy. I'm Valero. And I'm Rock the Jake. And hey guys, you know what I love? What do you love? I love watching Sonic the Hedgehog and Knuckles the Echidna beat the shit out of each other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, if I've got good news for you today, sir. There is no good news here. Oh. <laughs> well, yeah. It, well, it's, <laughs> com- it's not, look. It's complicated. It's not all bad. There are some really pretty pictures in, in these pages we're going to go over today. We can't start by being like, well, this is going to suck. Because uh, we, we can't. People need to sit down and, and and be welcomed into the podcast before we start saying, well, this sucks. So, uh, it, I mean, though, no. What are we talking about today? We are talking about two of the double-length special issues of Archie Sonic the Hedgehog from way, way back in the mid-90s. Uh, we have Supersonic versus Hyper Knuckles and Mecha Madness, two very, very, like, well-remembered Sonic and Knuckles stories from the comics early years. Much more remembered than the actual Sonic and Knuckles book, because that's just kind of there. Yeah. <laughs> I remember getting my parents to get me both specials when I was a kid, and sorry, my cat's bumping against my microphone. <laughs> I love you, but stop. Okay. I love you, but stop is also what Sally kept saying to Sonic throughout these issues. <laughs> <laughs> You're not even exaggerating. Yeah, I remember as a kid having my parents uh, order me both of these specials uh, so that I could read them because I just saw the covers and I thought that looks so cool. And to be fair, as a kid, very much enjoyed them. And even as an adult, rereading them for today's episode, I'm like, yeah, these are still, you know, these have some good spots in them. But I think we're going to have some fun talking about the other spots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I remember as a a as a kid who started picking up issues just from like my local grocery store off the comic book rack that every time they advertised a new 48 page special, it was like it was an event. And yeah, like those weren't regular issues. So you usually I usually would have to ask my mom like, "Can can we cut out the subscription page and will you write a check so I can get these special issues? I've saved my allowance." And <laughs> <laughs> really just the memories come flooding back. <laughs> I I don't think I ever read Supersonic Hyper Knuckles back in the day, but Mecha Madness is one of the few classic Archie issues that I actually own physically. Oh, nice. I I feel like Mecha Madness is pretty legendary. I feel like it wasn't even a few years ago I saw panels of it like being passed around Twitter and people just being like, whoa, this looks amazing. And the art does. It really does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we will we will give credit when it's due when the, when the time comes. It's funny, uh, you guys will obviously, once again, you have childhood memories of these, and for me, not so much, but I do remember <laughs> Mega Collection, Sonic Mega Collection, and uh, going through the covers and being like, oh, wow, these covers look really cool. They do. STC covers weren't usually as cool as this, unless we got a rare Richard Elston one, so for the most part, I'm like, wow, all of the, all of this looks really interesting. Looks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And even, you know, it's uh, Carl Flint did most of the STC covers, right? Yeah. 
And even so, I mean, look, I am I there there is a certain charm to the the Carl Flint STC covers. And that is another dichotomy of just the difference between American and British kids comics at the time where it kind of wasn't the point to have a a super uh eye-catching like piece of art as a comic is you were more, you know, like STC more advertises everything that's in the book. And, yeah. and and they want to draw your eye to the free gift if there is one. So <laughs> so they'll have to take up space off the cover just to be like, well, there's where the gift goes. Your Sonic, uh, your free Sonic badge or a tiny package of pastels candy. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I figure let's start with the first one of the two that was released. Uh, Super Sonic versus Hyper Knuckles. This was January 1996, right? That is correct. I think so. My copy's marked, um, what is that, May? Yeah, look, uh, the page I'm looking at says February 1996. Well, early 1996 this came out. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we can confirm. So we're focusing on the main story of the book, Crash of the Titans, written by Mike Gallagher, pencils by Art Mawinney, inks by Rich Kolowski, colors by Barry Grossman, letters by Mindy Eisman, and of course with a cover by Patrick Spaziante and Harvo. That's a lot of credits. <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I'm not. I'm used to that only being a few in British comics, but I keep forgetting like it's got. You've got to have like a separate inker, a separate colorist, a separate. Well, just about everything. And honestly, it's a it's a real nice cover. Oh yeah, like I I couldn't help going through these issues, um, especially Mecha Madness, which is the the main story is penciled by uh, Spaziente. But remembering, I, th- I I'm gonna paraphrase something uh, Dave said on our Sonic CD Comics episode where. Uh, Patrick Speziente draws in these comics like he was already a Sonic fan, and I think this cover is a great example because he has obviously taken inspiration from like the transformation sprites of Super Sonic and uh, Super Knuckles from Sonic 3 and Knuckles because that is the pose they are doing, and it looks... I love this cover. It's very good. Yes. Um, a little bit Dragon Ball-y as well, and yep. like weirdly... Oh, yes. pre- like. <clears throat> ahead of the game of like the Sonic and Shadow transformation sequence from uh, Sonic Adventure 2 where they're both oh, like yeah. flying through the air similarly with the emeralds spinning around them and um, I did notice that the uh, the colors on the cover are credited to I'm assuming like a third party uh, coloring team and I, I bet that's why you get these like very cool uh, I wonder if like semi-digital effects of like the transparent uh, hyper knuckles and supersonic in the the background against these you know cool ruins that don't really appear in the story they just uh, hey let's put make a cool background (laughs) it pretty much brings the image of hey this is way cooler than what we're making out to be (laughs) it's way cooler (laughs) than what it actually is inside the comic and yeah and I mean that's not that's not to say you know anything bad about Art Moyni's art because like as no, we no, 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 talked no. about with uh, you know the children's books this is like classic Sonic classic American Sonic distilled. Yes, like I was actually surprised at how good like all of the layouts are um, for this main story, and I chalk that up to Art Moyni just being you know really good at his job. <laughs> <laughs> Also worth noting the credit the credit page also looks really cool. I think that's another that's another bit of spaz art. Looks lovely. Yep, table content art right there. I would love to own the 
originals of any of these. Oh, boy. Just, oh, yeah. Yes. Put them up on the wall. Well, unfortunately, Patrick Spaziante isn't going to like Sonic conventions like the STC artists bringing the original art. Boy, that would be nice. He probably could if he wanted to. I mean, yeah. I think we mentioned it the, the last time he came up that he just seems to be like a pretty quiet guy who shows up on <laughs> the internet every once in a while. <laughs> He's like a powerful hermit in isolation who comes out every now and then <laughs> to, <laughs> yep. to bring his wares. Periodically upgrades your uh, attack and defense. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, we jump into the comic with Crash of the Titans as Knuckles is marching up to Robotropolis to file a complaint with the manager. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's kind of the the stride that he's got. Yeah, that uh, Karen the Echidna stride. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, please please don't list more name the Echidna characters. We don't need to manifest more of them. (laughs) Well, that would be more like Karen or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in the well, we don't usually have the title this early in the episode. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love the big pink uh, supercomputer in the Knothole uh, headquarters here that Sally is watching. They had a few extra donations or taxes to play around with. So they're like, should we improve the roads or upgraded their rig? <laughs> <laughs> It still can't run Crisis, though. <laughs> so, yeah, the Freedom Fighters are watching Knuckles as he is striding with purpose. And maybe it's just me, but I feel like this issue in particular has more see previous issue notes from the editor than basically every other Archie issue we've covered on the show so far. Oh, yeah. There, there's yeah. two in this one panel on page two. Oh, my God, you're right. Referencing <laughs> the the Triple Trouble special and the Tales miniseries, which I read the Triple Trouble special just, just to refresh my memory, and the only thing that happens in it that is germane to any of these stories is a Chaos Emerald gets split in half, and when it happens, everyone's like, that shouldn't happen. And that's about it. And Tails had his own miniseries. I think that's where they introduced the Down Under Freedom Fighters. And and his great-grandfather. Oh, Knuckles' great-grandfather, I think. Yeah, that, yeah. that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is Arthair? Is that? Yes. Uh, I think Arthair, yeah. Arthair. Uh, that's how they pronounced it in Sonic Underground. Yes, yes I was yes, going to say. He's in Sonic Sun- mm. Underground somehow. <laughs> <laughs> but we're not really going to be going into detail about those stories. Just try and connect the dots when needed. <laughs> I will say, um, little no- you might not know this, but that particular Echidna character was not created by Ken Penders. That's a Mike Gallagher uh, character. Yep. Yeah. Oh, Mike contributing to Ken's problem, you know, just, like, enabling him. Here's another Echidna to play around with. (laughs) So, yes, the Freedom Fighters are watching Knuckles as he's marching up to Robotropolis, and they're immediately like, okay, something is going up. Sonic immediately thinks he's going to cut a deal with Robotnik because he's Sonic, he has no reason to trust Knuckles at this point. And so Sally sends him off on, you know, a quote-unquote diplomatic mission to hopefully talk Knuckles down from whatever he's going to do. And immediately he's like, yeah, right. What do the odds makers say? Four to one, they're in a fight by page six. Which, is that just referencing, like, you know, odds tabulators for gambling? Although Tails is holding up, like, a little device, like it's telling him. Well, he's holding it. It seems like it. 
he's holding the device in the previous panel too. I think it's maybe supposed to be a radio or something. I don't know. Yeah, I just assumed it was a. I mean, and I mean this literally because I'm I'm assuming Mike Gallagher is of age. A baby boomer joke about gambling <laughs> and saying, "Oh, well, you know, what are the odds?" Uh, and then follows it up with a terrible fourth wall joke. Fourth wall. So, yeah. Yes, not yeah. the last one in this issue. No. Oh, not the not by a long shot. That sounds like the sort of joke they'd make. Oh, that's not going to be the last one in this issue, kids. Uh. <laughs> Tales is sentient of where he is. Hey, speaking of editor's notes, this <laughs> asterisk uh, statement from Knuckles on the next page where he says um, he's disgusted by the stench in Robotropolis and is glad the echidnas abandoned technology and reverted to being environmentally friendly. Guess what, asshole? <laughs> <laughs> Sending to poorly aged things Twitter right now. On top of that, he calls them landlubbers because I guess because he's on the floating island, but that's land, technically. Also, why it's, would you say that? Because <laughs> mainland lubbers doesn't sound nearly as catchy. Yeah. I, <laughs> I think it's a little funny <laughs> as far like, as bad puns go. This is Knuckles a couple decades before Pirate Knuckles just channeling the future. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Mighty's here. Yeah, we get a quick flashback to Knuckles on Angel Island discussing with Mighty about the whole Chaos Emerald cut in half thing and going into detail about how, you know, the island used to be powered by a dozen Chaos Emeralds, but now it's just the Master Emerald left. And perhaps the answer to their potential Emeralds getting destroyed lies in the book of myths which has been hiding in this little hole in the wall a hole in a tree even <laughs> hole in the tree. Excuse me. Oh, by the way they, they say the master emerald by the way um it's just they call it just a chaos emerald but it is the master emerald isn't it it just looks like a regular one yeah yes i mean if just to clarify in the archie continuity chaos emeralds are just as abundant as magic rings and they're all green and that wouldn't get fixed until much 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 later uh even after they muddied the waters by trying to introduce super emeralds but just don't worry about it it's it's stupid but hey that's how it was back then. Even the first Sonic game clearly delineates that the emeralds are multicolored, special, hard to acquire. I guess they're just like, they say, oh, so the rings are everywhere. The emeralds are too, right? They keep, they keep getting different ones in every game. Ah, screw it. It's for kids. They don't care. I can only imagine. So as Knuckles is looking through his magic travel brochure here, he comes across... <laughs> uh, a mention of the Lake of Rings, a very familiar uh, area for set AM fans, and posits that the ring radiates cosmic energy, so perhaps that radioactive signal from the rings could lead to more Chaos Emeralds. So he decides to track his way to the lake, leaving Mighty on the island to watch over things in the meantime. I like how we get another editor's note here saying that magic rings found inside zones, the same zones you enter when you play Sega's Sonic video games, which is how Archie would always explain why none of the environments look like the games until they wanted to do that. But also there's just, there's a rogue asterisk uh, when Mighty says uh, the lake's location is lost to history. And then there's just not another editor's note. So, oops. (laughs) Maybe Whoops. there's an editor's note there originally, but they edit it out, but they've got to edit out the uh, <laughs> after it's leading to it. 
And also, I said asterisk, not asterisk. <laughs> Thinking of good comics here. Um. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say. I guess they were just so used to using the asterisks already. They're just, you know, let's throw them in the dialogue. Let's really confuse the children. <laughs> I-, I wonder if what happened here is that uh, there are open quotes around Mighty reading a passage, but instead of ending with quotes, it ends with an asterisk. I wonder if they just... Yeah, that's probably I- what happened. I don't know. Were they using digital, yeah, a digital font at this point and oh, hit the wrong right. key? Oh, you're right. Or, mm, well, okay. Still, I blame you, Scott, the editor. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, Mighty is going to keep an eye on the floating island where, while Knuckles heads down to try and find the Lake of Rings, which may contain a Chaos Emerald. Which, uh, the lake's seen better days, let's say. Yeah. Yeah, looking kind of stinky. As, as he's looking around, whoever placed that bet, take your payout, because page six ends with Sonic punching Knuckles in the face. Oh, it is a classic sucker punch, too. (laughs) Just no honor. (laughs) He did not need to do this. He's being an asshole. Yes. And this is the Sonic that you guys grew up with. I can't believe (laughs) I'm sorry. I will never let it go. But Sonic is a bit of a jerk in this one, I have to say. Oh, yeah. No, like no argument here. I don't like it either. Yeah. I love that Archie came up with the nickname for Knuckles, that he is Sonic's friendly nemesis. But revisiting these classic issues doesn't really seem to be properly descriptive because they hate each other's fucking guts. Yeah, there's nothing friendly about it. Yeah, (laughs) And that carries forward into the next one as well. Yes. Spoilers, but Knuckles is willing to immediately roboticize himself so he can potentially murder Sonic. (laughs) (laughs) It's important to chase your dreams. There's friendly banter, and then there's just beating the shit out of each other for, like, upon meeting again. Oh, it's a comic for kids. And ma- and male characters are supposed to hate each other. You know? uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and it does look cool. Like I said, these are very nicely illustrated. I love the, um, uh, you know, the dynamic pose of uh, Knuckles. Like, you know, it's not drawn, but he, like, recovered from the, the uppercut sucker punch with a cool flip and is, like, in the middle of landing. And it's... I just I really like Art Mawinney's uh, work here like you know is it as uh, quote unquote cool and anime as Patrick Speziente no but it's very very uh, cool looking Sonic comic art yeah it's very dynamic Uh, the characters uh, their actions are illustrated well and clearly it's it's good comicking I have to say I mean, but I mean, for the next few pages, again, aside from some banter between the boys, uh, they are just fighting. Sonic busts out his <laughs> figure eight spin from Sonic CD just to rev up a punch to get Knuckles right under the chin. I think also kind of run over his face. Yeah, I, it sure looks like it. Looks it. Okay, yeah. yeah, this is my figure eight move. How do you like it? Ow, I ate it. Like the number eight. Hey, that would work. That would work if you actually had a British accent, which we have established as something that should be happening in Sonic. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I ate it. I have expected Knuckles in that bottom panel to have a big shoe print on his face. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Before he, he reaches uh, reaches into the ground and yanks a tree into Sonic's way in a, a full page that is, uh, this might be one of my favorite pages. This is just a, a good one. Yeah. <laughs> Trip Sonic up and he gets his head spike stuck in the tree. Ah, what a Knuckles <laughs> using trees to defeat Sonic is a long-standing tradition. Like, I immediately think back to Sonic X Episode 5. 
Ah, true, true. Oh, what a great view! So actually, before we leave this this violence of trees, <laughs> the, the way that you read Knuckles' two lines here, this is just semantics, but how do you say the first route word? Do you say route or root? Oh, you're right. <laughs> it's definitely meant to Knuckles is saying root. Once again, if he was British, that would make sense. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he's meant to say, he says, I see the route you're taking, hog, but this route creates a roadblock. Meant, meant, to, meant to be homonyms. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it definitely it works much better that way. And as a kid, I used to say root for both of those words. And now as an adult, society has worn me down to say route. <laughs> <laughs> also, I love the uh, the little can of yellow G fuel that keeps rolling around in the di- in the dirt on these different panels. <laughs> <laughs> I know, just random bits of trash. <laughs> Sonic was sponsored G fuel before it was even considered. <laughs> that good old peach rings. <laughs> I, I really like the panel of you know Sonic stuck with the quills in the tree just lifts the tree up and swings it over his head to come down on knuckles yeah like how strong is <laughs> that's a good bit of slapstick <laughs> yep sonic cares about the environment by the way i just put furring that up <laughs> <laughs> i mean i guess to be fair this tree is obviously dead from yeah. the, the the pollution around the lake so might as well call him a tree slugger <laughs> ah. <laughs> Thankfully, (laughs) Sally is here to tell the men to knock it off. Those silly boys. Yeah, yeah. She's not that bad in this issue. She's just very... I guess dry. She mm-hmm. she she kind of she kind of does just show up to like explain what is actually going on, but not as bad as say. Well, we'll get to it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, she's got Nicole, her her trusty computer and future cyber girlfriend, um, <laughs> who has picked up on readings from near the lake where they were fighting, and lo and behold, they take a peek down in the hole, and oh, it's an ad for Jimmy Dean sausages oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> featuring jughead i don't know about you guys i'm reading the proper full scans of these that contain all of the ads <laughs> god i wish they wish someone would do that for stc i want all the adverts i know i do feel left out when i'm listening to to dave and chris where they've got their you know proper physical copies with all the adverts and i'm just a poor schmuck looking at the scans yeah <laughs> I do want to call out that, like, right before, uh, like, in the last panel before we get into that, the part three, where Sally's saying, don't be shy, boys, take a look down here. You know, Sonic just says grumble. And then I, I just, like, I'm thinking about this, like, hearing it out loud verbally. Knuckles just goes. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a snort. <laughs> I remember as a kid imagining, you know, trying to imagine what. Yeah, I guess he just snorts like a pig. But I mean, it's they're, they're both flustered. Like Sonic's like, I don't know why I wanna. And yeah, and Knuckles just testosterone just bubbling to the surface. Like, uh, yes, grunts. It's like it's like he's either snorting like a pig or he's about to hawk a loogie at him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's pretty funny. <laughs> um, that's kind of a Mike Gallagher kind of thing, is uh, having them sort of like writing out the little noises they make, the gasps yeah. and the chuckles and things. And Yeah. Uh, One that shows up a lot is uh, a character saying what, but blown up in bubble letters, W-O-T, what? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that makes it sound British to me. Yeah. <laughs> you say. what, mate? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
By the way, uh, these last two panels, uh, Sonic looks a bit Christmas tree-ish. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's the, the, you know, the Christmas tree style Sonic that you would see in some of the style guides, but also a lot in STC too. Yeah. yeah. Although, yeah, he's he's missing his ears in in one, that one panel. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like someone was probably referenced. They might have been referencing the style guide or like the, the special stages where you can see Sonic from behind, but yeah, maybe the ears got lost. It's it's one of those that just uh, it it is hard to make look good in in traditionally drawn art. It mm-hmm. looks looks fine in three dimensions where they can you know mani- manipulate the model all they want, which is you know kind of where. I think it is odd, but I I understand why uh, when the Sonic X, you know, series came around, they were like, no, Sonic's got three spikes no matter what angle. We're we're going to we're going to cheat. We're going to Mickey Mouse it. Yeah, (laughs) understandable. It works for the works for the most part. But Arma Winnie's got a pretty good handle on Sega characters, I think. Like, he draws Knuckles really surprisingly well. He's even got the big snout from the early art. I quite like it. Yeah. yeah. He he has his proper head shape. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of early artists would just give Knuckles a big old round head. And it's like, no, he's he's got that, you know, that ridge that his dreads uh, fall down off of. It's how you differentiate the, uh, you know, the classic Sonic and Knuckles silhouette logo. They look down the hole where the tree used to be, and surprise, it's a an unknown zone, which I don't think this really tracks to any specific zone from any of the previous games. It's kind of an amalgamation of mostly special stages, I think. They just gave Arma Winnie a bunch of screenshots on, like, here's a bunch of game Sonic do that <laughs> yeah uh, just slap a bunch of game b- in there <laughs> they took the they took the special zones from the first three games and just put it in a blender and then they threw up and then <laughs> you got all that in there yeah so knuckles leaps down from the frontiers overworld to the cyberspace stage <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it, yeah. sonic follows quickly behind despite uh sally being like come on look before you leap nope although he does stop briefly when sally mentions that Knuckles hasn't changed since they used to spend summers together. And Sonic's like, what? Excuse me? Not the only time we're going to hear about that today. Yeah. Right. yeah. Uh, I don't recall. I mean, we eventually get like straight up like, oh, yeah. Like the king and Sally visited the floating island is like a, you know, establishing a diplomatic relationship with the floating island. And the king and Locke, the guardian, uh, went about their business that Knuckles and Sally like hung out when they were, when they were younger, but, oh, it's such a revelation because, oh, you know, Sonic and Sally, she was interacting with another boy. That's scandalous. Mm. You can't have male friends. No, she does tell Sonic to mind his own gosh darn business. (laughs) (laughs) And he smartly uh, obeys her. And after that, Sonic dives into the unknown action zone where there's just so much happening. So many things going on. (laughs) Yeah, it is a psychedelic environment. That's a good way to describe it. And there's badniks here. Yeah, Yeah, there are a few badniks. And yes, aforementioned packed to the gills with green chaos emeralds and golden magic rings. Why not? Like... We talked about this the last time we discussed comics and how during this period, Archie was just like, well, we've got to put something from the games in. It can just be its own little corner over there. You just hop in and then you get back out and we go back to our cooler Sonic stuff, I guess, (laughs) (laughs) because they didn't know what to do with the game stuff. 
I think it's justified for us to, you know, even even as adults with hindsight complain, because I, I do distinctly remember reading these as an age-appropriate child and going, well, that's not how that works. I wonder why they did that. And just wanting it to be more, because it really takes the, the how special the Chaos Emeralds are and kind of just does away with that to where mm-hmm. if they're just like, oh, you know, it's just a power stone or whatever. There yeah. is nothing, nothing too unique about the Chaos Emeralds for a long time long time in Archie Sonic. Yeah, when I was rereading this, I I was thinking back to the Disney show Loki and listeners, if you haven't seen Loki, just like go forward probably like 30 seconds because this will be short. But the way the Chaos Emeralds here are used reminds me of like the revelation that there's tons of Infinity Stones and in the Time Ward, they're just paperweights. (laughs) Uh, Yes, yes, I I remember. Yes, taking the all powerful object and reducing it to show a, a scale. Yeah. No wonder, no surprise, that one of the things that Ian Flynn would do when running this strip uh, would be to condense them down into proper seven Chaos Emeralds. Mm. Uh, And he really went out of his way to explain it in the story, but I would have just been happy to be like, oh, all that stuff? Nah, not canon. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) That's not how he does things. Yep. I I really like uh, revisiting that, uh, you know, Ian's early stories because, and I know that is what the editor told him. He would say, hey, we got to get rid of a bunch of this crap. And he was like, okay. And yes, like surgically and succinctly managed to do it. And in a, in a canonizing way, it's, (laughs) it's, it's, it's something. It, It really is where it's, it's hard to recommend old Archie comics, but it makes it when you get to, you know, the really strong stories it makes you appreciate those all the more for sure so like sonic says he knows the magic combination of rings and emeralds that leads to his superpower up and just kind of blurts it out so hey man (laughs) you don't think nux is gonna do the same thing (laughs) so uh sonic turns into super sonic and uh it's pretty cool yeah they haven't got the spikes right Uh, that seems to be a recurring thing in the early days but it still looks cool yeah, that's the that's about my only complaint is it, it is weird because Spaziente gets it right on the cover, but then Art kind of fudges it in the main story where it just looks like he has more spikes <laughs> instead of, you know, Super Saiyan floating spikes. Yeah, upturned. Because, you know, they, they had they at least had. um Oh, no, they had Sonic 2 and 3 to reference at this point for Super Sonic. But yeah, they they got the, I love this color. The and you know the the scans I'm looking at are slightly adjusted, but this beautiful golden rod, uh, you know, properly shaded. That is a super supersonic. Yes. It is interesting that this is the first time we've seen Supersonic since his first appearance back in issue 4. <laughs> to fight the the Universe Salamander. We will get to that story one of these days. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to do those. <laughs> so that's how long it's been between since they included an important, really cool element of the Sonic games. Of course, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not going to pretend to be surprised. Yeah, and you know, with how Archie treats the Chaos Emeralds, like they even have written themselves into a corner it's like okay they're so abundant why doesn't sonic just do it all the time and you know just fly straight into robotropolis and blow the whole thing up but hey it's cool well he does that in the next story oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
But I do like this panel of uh, Knuckles like counting all up the emeralds and and rings. <laughs> it's just like carry yeah, the two. Go over the wall. <laughs> <laughs> Sonic's been blabbing on, and he's just had time to make a nice little pile. <laughs> I am so cool. Look at me. <laughs> so, do we think the 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 fact that they call this Knuckles Hyper Knuckles? Do we think that was a mistake or an intentional like that? Just sounds cooler and differentiates it from Super Sonic. Considering what they do with Tails later on, I think yeah. it might be an intentional thing. That they would make Turbo Tails red with a cape and like a... it's It does seem like an intentional thing. I remember again as a kid thinking like, no, that's not Hyper Knuckles, that's the Super Emeralds. But now I'm thinking it was just an intentional like, hey, that's, th- that's just what we're going with. Was not a mistake. They just don't care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it's it's fine. I, f- I feel like I almost expected them to do something, like give them an alliterative name, like Nitro Knuckles or something. Oh, oh that would be cool. With a K. <laughs> Nitro with a K, that would be great. <laughs> Nitro Knuckles. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thinking, like you said, Turbo Tails. Like, oh, they just, yeah. They didn't think too hard about it, huh? <laughs> so, moment of transparency. Up until this very conversation, I actually always thought it was Hyper Knuckles. <laughs> oh, did you, not, did you not play through Sonic for your Knuckles and get the Super Emeralds and everything? I did not. <laughs> oh, that's fair enough. Understandable, because it does sound like it's a distinctive, you know, distinction between the two forms. But no, it's Super then Hyper. That's the rule. That's how it's supposed to be. That, yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, I feel it's... like that is a recurring thing. Like I remember back in the day, everybody would call Super Shadow Hyper Shadow. For whatever oh, reason. Yeah, there. W- well, I know. I th- oh, okay. I I have no way to cross reference this. I'm pretty sure it was a an American Prima guide that straight up calls him Hyper Shadow in the uh, in the text. I remember reading that so, a long time ago, and I think that is where that came from. I can believe it. But yeah, I, it, it sure seems like it's just a way to differentiate from, you know, they're treating it as almost its own character instead of a, a transformation multiple characters can achieve. I mean, it all goes back to Super Saiyan, huh? Yeah. Super Saiyan used to be special, and then it became something like anybody with a drop of Saiyan blood can do. <laughs> what is this? Some sort of Super Saiyan bargain basement sale? I, I do like this image of Knuckles, because uh, they've got Hyper Knuckles, right? He's pink. He's pink, <laughs> like he's supposed to be. I mean, yeah, like <laughs> I was initially supposed to be, but no, the, the, the pink that you would expect Hyper Knuckles to be. Yep, yep. Just have a bit of a pot belly here in this image. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is kind of funny how Artmer, when he does tend to make Knuckles, I guess he's trying to make him look beefier than Sonic, but... Oh, he gave him the beef. He His characters tend to be pretty, <laughs> pretty squat, and so he's just a bigger circle of a body. <laughs> but now they get down to it. And by that, we mean, again, continuing to try and murder each other. Yeah. Give it up, knuckle brain. You got a head start, but I'm faster than you. Blow it out your sneakers, you blue bozo. <laughs> I'm picking this joint clean. That echidna is persistent. Looks like I've got to use extreme measures. Come to Papa. It's the only way. Geronimo! As Nux said, this zone's rich in rings and emeralds. Whoa! By juicing to top speed and running over him, I'll hit the magic numbers. And those numbers are 50 magic rings and 7 chaos emeralds. Changing me into supersonic! 7 and 50, eh? Okay, I got enough emeralds. Four rings short! Okay, little guy, the jig's up! 
Your unconditional surrender will be... Hey! Make that three, two, one, bingo! Step aside, sucker! Make way for Hyper Knuckles! Imposter! Copycat! Your powers can't compare to mine! You talk too much, Super Hog! So I'm going to super shut you up once and for all! And, um, again, looks great! Like, incredibly dynamic, like, you can feel some of these punches, and I, I, I like, it is kind of funny that, uh, Art Marwini's very, like, bright, colorful, child-friendly, you know, most Disney art, it's like, no, the, these guys are not holding back. Yeah. <laughs> right. Although I can hear the, uh, you know, the cartoon sound effects where Sonic is, like, punching Knuckles a hundred times <laughs> with his, <laughs> his hypersonic speed here. The, the dialogue between the two just it, it really reminds me of children on the on the playground just like being overly dramatic and yelling at each other <laughs> with like with, with, with lines yep. like your powers can't compare to mine <laughs> and, and so I'm gonna super shut you up once and for all nuclear bomb beats paper yeah <laughs> exactly and also like I like they keep like using the most proper of names for each other like not bad hyper knuckles they gotta get that branding over you know oh yeah Oh yeah, love the the discarded thing. Anytime they use like the <laughs> the the names for Sonic and Knuckles in the the official Sega font, there is a tiny trademark in the corner. <laughs> of course, there is. It's just it's an extra joke to me now. It's so silly. I just love the part here where they're like gearing up to attack each other. Sonic Sonic's got his spinny legs. Knuckles about to swing his big fist. And then we see Glenn Close from yes. 101 Dalmatians. <laughs> Coming, yeah, starts Wednesday, November 27th at Theatres Everywhere. <laughs> oh, yes. I If you are going to go back and read these comics, I beg you to get these full versions with all the ads for, you know, Twizzlers candy and the, the original 101 Dalmatians live action movie. <laughs> then we got a pinup of just them trying to kill each other. Yeah. Uh, I love Knuckle. I love Sonic crapping knuckles is dread like pulling his hair i know yeah. i know this is a proper yeah. street fight at this point <laughs> we are at the hair pulling stage yeah. <laughs> that part where knuckles just knuckles does the spinny legs thing but with his arms so he can drop oh kick sonic in the face that's so very funny that, i love this line the yes so <laughs> where that, knuckles... line, that line has stuck with me my entire <laughs> life ever since i first read it for real <laughs> this actually got a chuckle out of me where knuckles says and i can use my whirling fist like wheels and, and my, my feet, feet like feet, feet. <laughs> <laughs> as he kicks sonic right in the chin my feet like feet <laughs> and of course that's the thing that puts sonic over the edge i'll take punches every day but you put your feet in my face no <laughs> <laughs> something i have been noticing that i think is interesting is that supersonic has little sparklies around him at all times hyper knuckles does not yeah that's true it's not game inaccurate, I believe. Doesn't uh, Super Knuckles have, or maybe I'm just thinking of Mania, where he just has like a shiny aura. Super Knuckles just flashes in Sonic Korea Knuckles. Uh, Hyper Knuckles, yeah, it's just flashing again. Okay, yeah, they, that's actually accurate to the games. Yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. They get it right on some things, folks. Actually, now I look at it. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, when 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 the supersonic runs, he gets the little sparkles cha- like coming off of him, and uh, and hypersonic just has the sparkles all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, 
Oh, yeah. It's a good thing I don't get seizures anymore because that's bad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. Maybe another secret reason the uh, hyperforms have not shown up again properly. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, we get both of them lunging at each other in one final clash, moving at incalculable speed, unimaginable raw energy erupting, literally bending time and space. The walls containing the zone's reality begin warping wildly. The zone can no longer contain itself. It swells, it cracks, it explodes! Nice job breaking it, heroes. (laughs) (laughs) Yup. So I wonder if this is where Akira Toriyama got the idea for Battle of Gods. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gee. (laughs) Just imagining that. He's somehow getting a hold of old Sonic comics. (laughs) What the? It's about time the the inspiration cycle, like, completed itself, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Everything comes full circle. There you go. This is kind of our first real indicator that power creep in Archie, as it goes on, is going to get real stupid. Oh, yeah. I can't help but recall uh, in the future where Sonic, even more so than usual, starts ripping off Speed Force moves from the Flash. We're like, uh, I'm going to vibrate my atoms fast enough to pass through these walls. And, you know, shit like that. <laughs> we get our one appearance from Robotnik as he and his SWATBOT are monitoring the situation. And we get a Sonic F episode one tier joke at the end where... <laughs> It sure I'm not is, afraid to it? admit it. <laughs> he literally lampshades that this is a 48-page special and he only gets a one-page cameo. Um, it doesn't happen in this one. I do like how um, if Snively isn't around, that Robotnik will usually have a SWAT bot just by him. And because all the SWAT bots are just, you know, disposable flunkies, oftentimes he'll end with, like, destroying the SWAT bot on the page. Like, with... <laughs> I think there's one where he literally does, like, an overhand, like, action handle punch to, to crush one's head just because like yeah he's got a million of them i can't decapitate snively you know if not a swap bot then some other badnik yes if not a swap bot then a a, a a crab meat badnik sometimes too <laughs> the crab meat was kind of like his first minion in the comics weirdly enough yeah like they didn't have anything to work with so they're just like ah uh, this, this one. little guy <laughs> <laughs> Looked at the big list of badniks <laughs> so as we find out sonic has emerged back on the lake. Sally's helping him up. Yeah, no, the zone has been completely obliterated. All the emeralds, all the rings. And Sally seems weirdly cool about it. Yeah, I was about to say. (laughs) Yeah, because I sure don't think, like, Knuckles snuck out of there with a chaos emerald, but I don't think Sally knows that. So she's just like, whatever. (laughs) She just popped a gummy before she came out, and now she's real. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, whatever. Let's go home, Sonic. If we really wanted to give a reason to it, maybe she's happy because that's also less resources that Robotnik could get. But this this is a supersonic special where there's more violence than rational talk. So, <laughs> yes, that that's really stretching. That is that is a subtext for sure because it, it sure seems like Sally's only job was to show up to point out the zone so Sonic and Knuckles can jump inside it. Oh, and to again casually drop that she knew knuckles before you know before sonic did one part that seems a little weird is that they go out of their way to establish that sally left while they were gone and then came back it's like why even say that she left at that point yeah yeah just to point out that the 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 messed up camera that knuckles passes earlier in the story like still works and tails also was watching the you know monitoring the fight the whole time 
Yeah, I I just think this is writing. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe she left so she wouldn't get caught in a zone explosion. It's it's just not clear. She went back to check her emails. Yeah, I I do like the line. She says, we watched as the very fabric of reality tore apart, ejecting you two maniacs. (laughs) Just like last Tuesday, you know, just it's a thing that happens around here. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I suppose we've got an epilogue, a one page epilogue where Knuckles goes home. Uh, he's, he flies home, by the way, um, somehow gets up to the floating island. <laughs> and we we would only we're only pointing that out because uh, a, a funny thing in early Archie is every time he does it, Knuckles explains that he is fanning the air through his dreadlocks to glide, <laughs> glide safely down from the floating island. Yeah. But yeah, in this epilogue, he's just I don't, jumped hundreds, if not thousands of feet into the air. So I guess there was a really convenient mountain in the distance that he just climbed <laughs> up and glue. I almost said glue off. What is wrong with me in my past hands <laughs> he, he glowed off <laughs> don't over explain it if you're gonna cheat later <laughs> Miss, mr Ryder. yeah oh. he was just using his ova powers exactly yep. yeah yep. just yep. walking in the air yeah which is i mean that's that's probably the easiest thing with knuckles just don't talk about it yeah knuckles can fly don't worry about it. Every now and but then. He came back with an emerald. He got he had one left over, I guess. One change. Uh, <laughs> and like Mighty complete, completes his role as being Knuckles' supportive friend who doesn't really contribute much aside from that in this particular strip. He They just needed someone for Knuckles to talk to. And there's Mighty. <laughs> but yeah, Knuckles has a Chaos Emerald mission accomplished. To be continued. And there's other stories in this comic, but do we really have to go yeah, over them? There's, a, there's <laughs> yeah, a backup story. I don't want to get into it. Well, I mean, do we, we could talk about the one at this other strip there. Uh, it's Veronica in Home Improvement, a public service announcement comic uh, celebrating your disabled friends. That's nice. Anyway, moving on. All right. It, it actually is. Yeah. <laughs> no, it actually is nice because then we don't have to talk about the backup strip. Because <laughs> it is... A Ken. Oh, wait. I was going to say, it, this is a Ken Penders strip. It is. It is, but, but it's also, also a Mike Kantrovich strip. Yeah, apparently. Is that better or worse that this was co written with another person? <laughs> I want to know because they, they get. This, Mike gets first billing here, technically. I want to know what his role was, though, in writing this because this is a, a, Pender, a Pendersy strip. A very Pendersy strip, actually. Yes. The the most notable thing about this is this is Knuckles is remembering uh, being brought up to be the the next guardian by his father, Locke. And his memory ends with when Locke uh, said, I have to <laughs> I have to go do something, son, and then jumps into a wall of fire, apparently killing himself in front of his son. And Knuckles saying, and I remembered that forever, and I'm sure my dad had a good reason that I will come up with to justify it later. (laughs) I mean, what do we say at this point? Like, we haven't really gotten into the Knuckles saga in Archie. It's bad. (laughs) It is. It is a complicated mess. It's so odd that even all the way back to, this is almost the beginning, and you're like, Man, this is weird. What what is going on? <laughs> oh boy. It's the adventures of Knuckles and bigger Knuckles with beard and uh karate gi <laughs> and boots. I guess that's uh who is a terrible father. Spoilers. Um and the chaotics are here, I guess, too. 
Hey, remember the people from the video game? They play a very, very tangential role in Knuckles' story. <laughs> Espio doesn't look happy that he's there, though. <laughs> yes. And Vector's got something going on. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the the less we get into how Ken Penders wrote Vector the Crocodile, the better. I am you not are ready not to wrong. tackle that problematic <laughs> subject. I don't want this to become the dunking on Ken Penders podcast. Uh, and the, the way we avoid that is not talking about his stories as much as possible. <laughs> yes, <laughs> because like we said, it's hard to stay positive about some of these. This one in particular is just another glance of the bad knuckle stuff why is it bad well read it yourself actually no don't (laughs) (laughs) yeah we'll get to it one day just you know be patient (laughs) we end on several pages of advertisements one for the (laughs) the real adventures of johnny quest which i don't know about you guys i do remember watching as a child and thinking this is the coolest thing i've ever seen absolutely um... (laughs) so freaking cool this show it was cool but my biggest memory of that show is rat trap shooting johnny quest down a mine shaft (laughs) sorry what (laughs) It, it was a tsunami beast wars promo Let's say let's say it was memorable. All next week at 5:30, Johnny Quest packs his bags. What gift? Won't be having any real adventures anytime soon, you little sh. <laughs> I like his face. Whoa! <laughs> my my biggest memory from the Real Adventures of Johnny Quest is not the. Um, you know, dated, but are, again, cool for a child CG graphics, but there was an episode where uh, a villain I believe gets pushed into a pit full of cobras and gets pumped with so much venom that it melts out of his eyes and mouth and oh, remember thinking that was, uh, that was pretty intense <laughs> but uh, no idea how that show holds up now but definitely suckered me as a child into thinking it was the coolest thing ever I'd rather talk about that than that backup strip, to be honest. I'm glad we moved on. <laughs> and this issue ends with a picture of a dog covered in Twizzlers. Uh, <laughs> what better way to cap this off? I remember that being <laughs> being featured in quite a few Sonic comics. So, a, a real cool fight between Supersonic and Hyper Knuckles. And, you know, if you ignore all of the other weird stuff... <laughs> <laughs> Pretty easy to recommend. Yeah, th- this is one of those issues that really kind of shows the the growing pains of early Archie's transitions from funny animal book to more serious actiony storytelling. Furry soap opera. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> of all the people to give, like, I don't know how many people were writing scripts at the time. I know our boy Ken was in the mix, but to give, to give the cool fight scene between Sonic and Knuckles, Super Sonic and Hyper Knuckles, to Mike Gallagher is a choice. <laughs> that guy was writing the funny strips of early Archie, I'm pretty sure. I really would be interested, and I'm sure it's lost to time, like all Archie Sonic material. But to see the original script and how much was like, you know, how much direction he gave with the panels and how much was just Art Marwini saying, I'm going to do a cool fight. Mm-hmm. Now, if this was, uh, if this was STC supersonic knuckles would be a red stain on the floor, like early on. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> yes. 
I, okay, you know, I'm only uh, about 100 issues into STC, and this is just an aside. We don't ever get any other super forms in STC, do we? Supersonic, no. e- even once the games had firmly established that, oh, this is another thing, even, you know, even in Sonic Adventure. But, I mean, probably for the best. Like, the, that is what makes STC Supersonic stand out, is yeah. that, oh, he's he's a force of nature, and he's he's nasty. Yeah, like when when STC decided what they wanted Supersonic to be, um, trying to do that to any other characters would be weird because they just decide they they really leaned in on the like what we talked about in the Sonic Bibles episode, the concept of the Chaos Emeralds representing evil, yeah, and the you know the the evil that Sonic absorbed uh, sort of manifested in the form of Supersonic, so. I mean, not to make assumptions, but if they kept going with it, you just would have ended up with anti-Mobian characters like oh, Archie. Man. Remember, I mean, I I like her, but um, did they just call her? Yeah, Rosie the Rascal. You know, evil anti-Amy who is murderous. <laughs> Yeah, but I like that one. <laughs> yes, see, that's that's where it would work. But then it, it just makes it; it would make it less special if STC yeah. did more evil super forms. Although, you know, now that I'm saying it, it would have been cool to see an evil super Amy. <laughs> oh, absolutely! I've uh, an artist friend, Angel Blast, oh! has drawn some concept art for uh, evil supersonic, or sorry, evil super Amy, and oh. it's good i think i might have seen that a few months back it is just badass (laughs) yeah yep yep well i mean that amy has had to put up a lot of sonic so all that stuff gets buried down and comes out (laughs) yeah yeah i mean if they're if they're like i said i'm 100 issues in if there was a character who deserved a super form to fight against a supersonic it would be amy That or Tails has finally had enough of Sonic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tails would be so pissed. <laughs> Super pixel brain. <laughs> Good stuff. But this has nothing to do with the Archie comics we're discussing today. It's just fun. Like I said, just just a special aside for me. So, we jump forward a few months to Sonic and Knuckles, the Mecha Madness special. And this is one of the all-time Archie covers. This is like what a superhero um, movie poster looks like today, but better. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, the colors are better on this, that's for sure. Well, it's not yeah. just orange and blue, but there is a, quite a bit of it. Because um, we've got like two two versions of Sonic and Knuckles, you know, more than one version of the same set of characters on the cover. So It's very reminiscent of like some Star Wars posters and stuff like that. And like it's definitely a very... I think, honestly, the most striking image in the cover is Fiery Eggman. <laughs> yeah, like the big flaming Robotnik is really kind of brings the whole thing together. Yeah. Yeah, now that I, I really look at it, it really does evoke, um, oh gosh, who was that original? I mean... Uh, Drew Strusson? Yes, Drew Strusson. Um, it really is formatted like one of those classic movie posters that like, when you think of a movie poster, that is the image that comes up yeah. in your brain if you're a, if you're a certain age. You know, you're right. I am that certain age, and I should have thought of that first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because uh, Sally's taking up the layer pose here, now I look at it, and uh, and Bunny's there being cool. Yep, as usual. Th- this was included in uh, the Mega Collection Gallery, was it not? Yeah. 
Yep. Yeah, and then I I feel like Mega Madness specifically, you know, uh, uh, Patrick Spazianti's uh, designs for Mecha Sonic and Mecha Knuckles like get passed around like every couple years is like, whoa, this was actually sick, and I'm like, yeah, it is. Just you know, maybe ignore some of the dialogue, but <laughs> <laughs> the designs are great. These are yeah. like some Japanese inspired mecha characters. These are not your typical robot-sized Mobians, that's for yeah. sure. I-, I love the designs. I feel like these mecha designs like still hold up today, even like with, with modern redesigns of Metal Sonic and, you know, Mecha Sonic Mark II from like Sonic Adventure. Like, you could plop these down in a in a game and they would look just fine. Because they, like you said, they, they obviously have taken inspiration from Sonic robots in the games. There There is some Transformers in there and just some like cool mecha in general. And... I, th- I think it's telling that um, in the issue that follows this, uh, there is a flashback page to Mecha Madness, and instead of asking, uh, I believe it's Dave Manic to draw <laughs> Mecha Sonic and Mecha Knuckles, they just use some uh, clipped art from this issue because these designs seem very complicated to draw as well. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. You could only give this to Spaz. I love this uh, table of contents backdrop of the screaming Sonic shadow behind Mecha Sonic. That's just, it's so good. Yes. This is Mecha Madness, written by Michael Gallagher, penciled by Pat Spaziante, inked by Harvey Mercado and lettered by Jeff Powell. Last time on Sonic the Hedgehog, <laughs> Sonic's request to allow himself to be roboticized is rejected by the Naho Council. Sonic is ambushed by escaped convict Nat the Weasel and taken to Robotropolis. Robotnik finally creates the real Mecha Sonic. Mecha Sonic battles Bunny Rabot on his way to destroy Knothole Village. Knuckles arrives, loses his fight with Mecha Sonic. Is this the end of the Freedom Fighters? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, things things are looking real bad for our heroes, and for reasons that were elaborated upon in the previous issue, which really should have just been part of this one. Yes, that's the that is a recap of the the events of Sonic number thirty nine, which they. <sighs> Again, really, there, there's two backup stories in this 48-page special. They really should have kicked those to the curb and included these stories of at least Sonic 39, because that is also penciled by uh, Spaziente. And, I mean, they should have just thrown 40 in there, too, because that completes this whole three-issue arc. Um, it's very silly that they, they didn't do that. Um, although, okay, I'm, I'm going to get on my soapbox a little bit and just my big complaint about Mike Gallagher's dialogue and pop culture jokes. Uh, the coolest thing about issue 39 is the beginning of the, um, the, the Sonic versus bunny fight, which is, I mean, it is straight up like some cool ass animation because, uh, there's a throwaway line about how rotor has upgraded bunnies, cybernetic parts and so she now has lasers and reflector shields and missiles and you get oh man some really sick full pages of them just duking it out unfortunately you also get bunny's opinions and stances on the american civil war (laughs) and (laughs) no that sucks dude i i I am in a part of america where i have to deal with my ass neighbors flying the stars and bars so mike gallagher suck me sideways for that (laughs) That does not fit the setting of Mobius with these funny animal creatures. So I will tolerate a robot Urkel. I will not tolerate slander on Bunny Rabot's character. 
we've already established, like, yeah, fine, okay, we can have a character be French, we can have a character be from the South, or it doesn't have to be the South of America, I guess. But you can't go making... (laughs) You can't make Bunny Rabbit into a pro-Confederacy person. That's not... She's a good character. Exactly. (laughs) She's one of the goodies. I'm not even going to give the benefit of the doubt that, like, oh, it was a different time. Like, no, man. It's just bad writing is what it is. But, hey, that's not in this issue. (laughs) No. Well, we needed to talk about it because it's there in the lead-up to this. I did my I did extra unnecessary homework and read 39 and 40 just to complete this story and it, yeah I did too the that that st- stuck out and I had to acknowledge it Mike <laughs> on the, and so as we continue this chill podcast about friends talking about <laughs> things they like uh, we move on from how uh, Bunny Rabbit was pro-slavery. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I will say something good uh, about the art. Um, we've kind of talked in the past, like, half-jokingly, just because of how a lot of artists that did um, Archie work, especially in the early's, uh, uh, early issues, um, either came from funny books or superhero stories, and so kind of struggled getting um getting the proportions right on these cartoon animals i think patrick speziente strikes a pretty good balance especially when it comes to you know i'll just say the girls like sally and bunny of like yes they have more shapely bodies than you're used to but he kind of does the same thing to the guys like he kind of gives them extra elbow joints and muscles and whatever and so as far as i i think they look much better than like say you know some early stephen butler work although i always say he got so much better um in later issues or um oh who am i thinking oh ron lim they're all better than ron lim the poor guy (laughs) poor ron lim thrust into a job he was not prepared for not not his his abilities were not made for drawing sonic the flipping hedgehog that's for sure So yeah, start out on a good, especially this nice panel of of Sally Roder, Antoine, and Knuckles all standing together. And I'm like, these characters look like they should be standing together. <laughs> I'm okay with them having joints and stuff. I know we talked, we joked about it when Dave was on about her having actual knees and everything. And that's yeah. <laughs> weird for Sonic characters. I, 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 there are times where my brain's like, no, these are they're, they're Sonic characters. They're supposed to be noodle limbs. But there are times where maybe the noodle limbs do look a bit silly when they're supposed to be conveying action and such. So you can have moments where they're allowed to have joints and elbows and things. It's just, you know, some there is a part of me that's like, well, I know why they drew those lumps on Sally Acorn. <laughs> <laughs> but to be fair... To be fair, Sally, you can't blame Sally for this. She was just drawn that way. Like, initially. <laughs> <laughs> no, she she even even back in the day, she always at least had the, uh, you know, your your cartoon mono boob. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, the only the only criticism I could levy against uh, Speziente's pencils is occasionally panels look a little busy. And even then, it's more of a case of like, wow, Pat, you did not have to go this hard. But... <laughs> 
he does all the time, constantly. <laughs> there are a few of his mouths which are a bit funny. I don't know why he feel always feels the need to... When a character opens their mouth really wide, you've got to see their uvula, apparently. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I I think you, you hit on that earlier to where that is the, the Dragon Ball influence coming in. The, mm. the very, you know anime big mouth see all the teeth where the teeth connect to the gums (laughs) the tongues in there (laughs) it's interesting uh i think again mirroring the stuff that dave was saying before and we even mentioned before on here sometimes patrick spaziante's lovingly rendered art doesn't always work out for the kind of stories he's telling but when it's a big battle between two big robots i think it's fine Yes, when you can get past Mike Gallagher's schlock uh, into the characters punching each other, that is where it truly shines. I also very much appreciate Rotor's air guitar in this first panel. <laughs> yes, that's that's kind of what I said. It's a little busy. He's meant to be, he, he is holding an unconscious Knuckles and he is tossing him over his shoulder onto Antoine to catch. But yeah, sure does look like he's doing a squeedly weevil. <laughs> <laughs> Mechasonic has has defeated both Bunny and uh, uh, a Flesh Knuckles <laughs> um, and is burning Knothole to the ground. Um, he has not transmitted Knothole's location back to Robotnik yet, but he is just, oh, he's setting all the, the adorable little huts on fire and, oh, it's not good, so... Sally has called Rotor in, uh, I believe the, the last page of 39 says that it's time for our, you know, it's time for drastic measures and Rotor saying like, oh, you can't mean. And what she means is that they have a refurbished portable roboticizer all from all the way back from when they saved Bunny Rabot from being fully roboticized that they have kept around just in case they could reverse engineer it to uh, de-roboticize the, uh, you know, their their fellow Mobian uh, friends. And uh, they she is going to ask Knuckles to roboticize himself so he can be a proper match for Mechasonic. Sally is kind of debating the ethics of this, um, and and this is where we kind of mentioned this dialogue really does Sally a disservice to where I think they were trying to say, like, she's very broken up about this. She is asking her friend, her very close friends to put themselves in danger. She's also dealing with the fact that she believes at this point that Sonic has betrayed them, that after they said, no, uh, you know, you can't let yourself be roboticized. It's too dangerous. Um, the last time we tried it, it didn't work, which is a referencing a, the Mecha Sally issue uh, in 29. Um, and then, oh, Sonic shows up roboticized, and they assume that he just went and did it and, you know, got tricked by Robotnik because he's not very smart. Um, but this dialogue really just comes across like she's going insane. <laughs> <laughs> she she is losing her grip on reality. Kind of especially when she says, et tu, Rotor? <laughs> Uh, yeah yeah because rotor is rotor doesn't want this either like he rotor more than anyone as you know their tech guy understands how dangerous this is and yeah she says etu rotor which i did not know what this meant until years later of course when this is a comic literally for young children but yeah then she says we must use every weapon at our disposal to ensure survival planet mobius is at stake let freedom ring like is this referencing something or is she predicting the justification for the iraq war in a few years oh my, okay jesus christ 
<laughs> like, here's the thing, like, this and 39, like, she, we we established that she was pretty chill uh, in Supersonic Super, Super vs. Hyper Knuckles. Uh, not so much in this and 39, she's, they sort of make her a little bit authoritarian, a little bit, I am the princess and you will do as I say. She doesn't say it like that, but that's kind of the vibe you get from her, and it's a bit like, I can't imagine Kaf Susie Sally saying any of this. No, yeah. I I feel like they're trying to introduce that Sally is feeling like she is having to fully assume her royal obligations because um, they they have not rescued her father from the Forbidden Zone yet. Uh, they will in, I think, uh, a couple issues, but they're, they're just trying to cram too much in here at once. Like it would be much uh, it would feel more natural if she felt like. You know, if she was putting her foot down as the leader of the Freedom Fighters first and not, you know, Princess Sally Acorn, leader of the, uh, you know, the Acorn Kingdom of Mobius. Um, And if she was basically just like spelled her reasoning out more easily, like, yes, I know this is dangerous, but, you know, our lives are at stake here. And but no, she just starts saying really weird shit. I, I hate it. <laughs> yeah, she also has really, you know, using this loaded term, but seems to have like pretty big mood swings because uh, here Knuckles partially comes back into consciousness and is uh, literally punch drunk. So he just starts slugging poor Antoine and Rotor. And Sally is like, oh, no, Knuckles. Oh, my God, this is so bad. Ooh. And it's uh, it ain't good, folks. Here is where she she snaps out of her shock enough to deliver a uh, a flying kick straight to the small of Knuckles's back. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do it. That'll <laughs> just sorry. There's something about the uh, original the character. Well, she's not really the original character of the comic, but something about Sally Acorn decking Knuckles that just doesn't sit right with me. I've only known one person who could take up me down with a flip back kick. <laughs> Princess Sally Acorn. I know those toes anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, it all comes back around. <laughs> this one this one might be a little bit more on on Spaz himself with the art, but I mean she's doing bedroom eyes as she says, Hello Nux, it's been a long time. Hey there. <laughs> uh, and st- starts reminiscing here we get another reminiscing on how knuckles and sally's dads knew each other and so they hung out as kids on the floating island remember when your dad king Uricorn, would vacation on the floating island my father was the guardian back then those were the simpler times summer nights on the beach yeah no robotnik my uvula showing lightly <laughs> <laughs> yeah. remember when both our dads were huge assholes? <laughs> still are <laughs> my dad killed himself in front of me by the way it was so cool. <laughs> My dad's just an unapologetic monster. Memories. Meanwhile, like, not hole is burning behind I know, yeah. <laughs> yes. And I mean, it, it, I will at least say I do appreciate the pretty, I think it's a pretty funny joke as Bunny is waking up hearing this. She goes, oh my, I smell gossip. Just what I needed to revive. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's pretty funny. I love your impersonation of Bunny. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's hey it's me turning on my natural accent to 11 there you go. <laughs> i know it slips through on this show sometimes <laughs> so after all the reminiscing sally's like oh yeah uh mechason is kind of burning everything down and she pretty much before she can even ask knuckles if he wants to do it knuckles just like yeet i'm gonna throw myself in <laughs> it's a good image 
yeah. <laughs> now, 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 fast. She gives Knuckles a neuro overrider, which is meant to uh, uh, allow him to keep control of his mind and not uh, succumb to the built-in, you know, robotic programming of the roboticizer. There is something very funny about seeing Knuckles as like, just like... <laughs> Head first, right in there, digging in there, like, oh, no, 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 no. like, like there is, there is something about funny about them taking the process of roboticization so lightly. When we know, <laughs> anytime that happens in the comics, it's really funny to me because I cannot shake the concept of you know what it would become in the comics and what it is in Satyam, where it's a horrible process that reduces some rid someone of freedom and yes knuckles has a neuro overrider but he's still like yo sh- yeah i'm gonna be knuckles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which i guess you know at least sally and bunny are proper shocked and antoine and rotor are literally in tears like like you said they they are at least are taking the concept of how horrible robotization is although yeah but in the silliest way possible he does be gone i weep for us and swing <laughs> I don't think I am the I have the proper yeah to go into rotor singing sweet low swing cherry Uh, (laughs) I I get what they were going for and we are quickly moving past it uh tails about to get lit the fuck up. <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> but hey before we get that we got we got to remember this ad about how it's not too late to get your hanna barbera number one back issues <laughs> oh no <laughs> i remember seeing what yes jeez none of these had to have last more than like two issues the the Fl- the flintstones 90s comic you know not the not the uh, eventual dc one where <laughs> Uh, the, the, which are very good, I've heard. I have not read them, but the line, you know, this all seems familiar, doesn't it, Fred? We participated in a genocide, Bonnie. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard that. I need to read those. They do actually look really good, but holy cow. Oh my yeah, gosh. The Flintstones, the Yogi Bear All-Stars, <laughs> Scooby-Doo, which, yeah, uh, Scooby-Doo is the one I get. With Scrappy-Doo at the bottom of it, so that, yeah. Oh yeah, uh-huh. Adamant and Secret Squirrel and the Jetsons. Yep. All for $2 or 2.50 and you're in ca- if you're in Canada. Just imagining going from like yabba dabba don't miss our comic. Sonic the Hedgehog is destroying the whole. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it was. Yeah, I'd love this shot of Mecha Sonic's Terminator vision as he is targeting uh, Tails yeah. and yeah. Oh, poor Tails. You know, this was the era in the comics where they were also trying to give Tails uh, basically more to do because he was a, I'm sure, a popular character. But all they had to go on was, uh, you know, Sad AM where he's a dumb baby who <laughs> doesn't get to go on missions. Um, and so, you know, this is kind of a, a uh, Tails is he's in between. Tails gets to do cool, cool shit in in these comics. Still a bit dim though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's still very much. I think it's, I think it's in um, uh, thirty nine where he is. Um, while Bunny is fighting uh, Sonic, he has stayed back to monitor the situation and I think help like evacuate Knothole. Sally on the radio says, "Nice work, Tails," and he says, "Thank you, ma'am. It's so nice to be treated like an adult. Ever since my solo adventure in Down Under." And uh, Sally says, oh, yes, one more thing. Don't forget to wash them's hands and brush your teethies. <laughs> and Tails makes a stupid face reminding him that, yeah, he's he's still a he's still a big dumb baby. 
<laughs> at least in these comics. <laughs> uh, Robotnik's back. And he almost gets the location of Knothole from Mechasonic, who is just barely like hesitating. There's still a little bit of Sonic left in there. But before he can, you know, spill the beans, guess who Shoryuken's right into the fight? <laughs> looks so cool. Yeah, there's Mecha Knuckles. He looks cool. <laughs> yeah, he's he looks really cool. Yeah. <laughs> like again, even even comparing like um um goodness, did we have a proper metal knuckles yet in Sonic R? Mm. Uh I don't think so. Yeah, this this predates it by a couple of months at least. Yeah, and Sonic R was 1997. So this would have been like roughly a year and a half before that game came out. Like I said about these designs, they're just they're just really solid. These were not slapped together like oh man, I I, I want to see them come back. Like yeah. th- of course there's probably no way <laughs> for that to happen, but I think they would look just fine today compared to other other Sonic robots we've gotten. If we did, and they, it wouldn't, it would have to be a, a ro- you know, another robot version as opposed to a roboticized version because that just doesn't happen anymore. I mean, not since Lost World. That's kind of, yeah, where they <laughs> did that weird cyber thing to Tails, I guess. Yeah, slap some parts on him. And I suppose Rusty Rose now, I mean, now you mentioned yeah. it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, a special shout out again. I think we've we've already talked about how good the Scrap Nick Island miniseries in IDW Sonic is, but the the other Mecha Knuckles shows up in that, yep. and uh, he also still looks cool. Yep, your Sonic Advance version of Mecha Knuckles. I feel like uh, I feel like the writer here really wants to have more super hyper fight style uh, tête-à-tête dialogue, but is remembering that Sonic is supposed to be, you know, Robotnik roboticized without his free will, and so is trying very hard to write them in that same, you know, <laughs> I must destroy format. <laughs> Meanwhile, Knuckles is able to, you know, go full on Spider-Man and all his quipping. <laughs> <laughs> Very much so. Sorry, I'm just looking at the little... The part where, where uh, Mecha Sonic just attacks Matt. He's just whacking Mecha Knuckles and all the other characters are in their little boxes. So they're giving their reactions. But he's like, gracious! And <laughs> Antoine's like, mon dieu! And then Rota says... It's the battle of the Sega century. <laughs> it's Sally F- says, who will prevail? Like, okay, we get it. We get it, guys. Yeah. You're, you're leaning on the fourth wall. <laughs> I was going to say, I expect those to, in a lesser comic, those would have been like punctuated around the like cover. Yes. Or, or it would just be a, you know, a Stan Lee uh, editor's dialogue box, you know, uh, the narrator, the invisible narrator. But yeah, they just make the characters say it. Yep. We're only picking because you know of the other problems we have with the uh, the Gallagher dialogue here. But it's immediately like a full on throwdown. They are neither of them is holding back, and it is it is a fight for the ages. I will say that. Yeah this this two page spread of Mecha Sonic double laser blasting Mecha Knuckles like I I'm not too familiar I I have I have read the ones recommended to uh, to me by you Luke but this seems like a a pretty badass like Transformer style fight yeah yeah Mecha Mecha Knuckles introducing that he has magnetic knuck 
claws. <laughs> I missed yeah, that the not? first time. Nuck claws, not knuckles, not claws, uh, that are dispersing and absorbing the lasers. Oh, cool. Like, this is really Spaziante's art at full power. Just a lot of really dynamic action shots, like knuckles chucking Megasonic and crashing through the mud. Just mm, so good. Yes. Interspersed with some awful puns. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Admit it, Hedgehog. Your life's in a rut. Because uh, he's like dug a little hole in the ground. And- America Sonic got trenched. <laughs> Fire in the hole. <laughs> and this is where this is where we get that line. Uh, I know I play Knuckles, but can someone else say this, <laughs> please? Mega Knuckles flies into the corner and says, to paraphrase Hendrix. Excuse me while I diss this guy. Even as a kid, I thought that was just bad. <laughs> I mean, I might have gone, I might have asked my dad, who's Hendrix? <laughs> Although, no, because I don't think I actually owned this issue until much later. So I probably understood it and went, oh, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> to paraphrase Hendrix, set the guitar on fire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the. Uh, I don't know. It's just weird. It's, it's, yeah, we've, I mean, we've already hashed it out. It's the fact that the books are in the middle of trying to be more serious. And so all of these weird jokes that make no sense on planet Mobius just really stick out. But Mechasonic, uh, counterattacks, uh, Mecha Knuckles here and sends him careening into. <laughs> at a supersonic speeds into Robotnik's nuclear warhead stockpile, which could potentially take out uh, more than just Robotropolis. That's a cool thing to have. (laughs) I mean, I would say it's not inappropriate for Robotnik to have a nuclear stockpile, but it just seems like it comes out of nowhere. I'm pretty sure it hasn't been mentioned before. Um, he hasn't ever brought up the idea of nuking those furries before, <laughs> as far as I'm aware. So yeah, Knuckles gets chucked towards those warheads, but remember those magnet nut claws? Yep, by reversing the polarity, easy out. Uh, he, I guess technically, if he's reversing the polarity of his magnets to attract instead of repel, then yeah, I guess that technically does actually work but you are specifically talking about that that is a go-to in a cartoon usually where they just say if i reverse the polarity on this doohickey and it solves all the problems yeah (laughs) but since they're magnets this is the one time where you could say reverse the polarity and it actually like works in context so i gotta give them Mm -hmm. that you're actually right now you mention it (laughs) hey good for you mike gallagher megasonic ends up getting pulled in as well and they both crash into the warheads and get blown up in a huge fiery nuclear explosion to paraphrase hendrix excuse me while i diss this guy incoming speeds squared divided by atmospheric pressure and impact angle plus acceleration computed execute to put it in layman's terms that you can understand knuckles this wallop will send you directly into the heart of robotropolis say hello to the nuclear warheads for me He's right! I'm gonna hit the city at subsonic speed! No way to stop! Your destruction is assured. Well, I don't like to travel alone, Mechasonic! By inverting the polarity of my claws, I create a massive magnetic field! One you'll find impossible to resist! I'm being magnetized! If I'm going down, you're coming with me! No! Release me, you fool! 
And yeah, end of comics. See you guys next week. Yep. Bye bye. Uh, yep. Nice little, nice little ad for um, Johnny Quest with a mammoth in it. I'm sure that's not um, <laughs> foreshadowing. <Yeah. laughs> oh no! Oh no! Oh. All right, let's go back to the nuclear explosion. Oh no, it's so bad. Well, I mean, I feel like it would probably have. They probably, probably would have covered a lot more ground than what we're seeing right. here. Yeah, but, uh, and yeah, also if, if there's that many warheads, uh, whatever. It's a hey, it's for kids. They won't give a shit. Yeah, <laughs> that the the land would be poisoned for hundreds of years. Sonic the Hedgehog couldn't have survived that blur. <laughs> 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 Sally literally says, "Excuse me a moment. I've I've got fallout in my eye." No, she does. Ah, come on. Well, maybe, okay, maybe maybe Robotnik built an exceptionally clean stockpile of nukes. That, uh, clean. Doesn't that defeat the purpose? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Tails is disgusting mayonnaise tears falling out of his eyes. Oh my God, <laughs> I got it. Sorry. Oh, my God. Sorry, Pat. Yeah. Might have just. Hey, this is where I was saying you you went too detailed with that one. <laughs> yeah, that's a bit much. Um, I guess high viscosity tears is just uh, one of the many mutations that tells us. It's just the one we talk about. So much. <laughs> well, this is this is new from the Fallout. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> tails this only has three tails. <laughs> <laughs> he can go even He's finally achieved his true nine-tailed Kitsune form at last. <laughs> it just goes <laughs> and appears. <laughs> you can call me Thrail. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> oh. oh my gosh. Oh, they would have though, wouldn't they? <laughs> they would. <laughs> you know, I, I know that was not the intention. I do actually appreciate the lovingly rendered Robotnik tummy as he is coming out of his bunker in ro- the dis- oh, yeah. now destroyed yeah. Robotropolis. I, I love me a good Spaziante Robotnik jaw as well oh yeah he's he's like a snake ready to eat a nest of eggs (laughs) (laughs) oh the way his tongue coils is quite disgusting yeah Yeah. i know what what even what syllable would even require your tongue to do that it's the only thing i can think of is like (laughs) (laughs) my illustrious career yeah there you go it it looks like it looks like his or his his tongue is like cocking like a gun just to say the l (laughs) <laughs> if, it were, if it were possible to roll your L's, then that's what would be happening. <laughs> I guess. Oh my goodness. Oh man. Which we also are we are running into the same odd dissonance as we did in the, the Sonic CD special, where this dialogue would very much fit a funny Robotnik compared to the very dire and serious set AM Robotnik that we are seeing. Yeah. But he does look very silly in the next panel. <laughs> His dopey moustache, like, drooping wow. down. Yeah. As he spies Mechasonic in the rubble, who has s- somehow survived. But before he can make any evil plans on refurbishing him to, to get the location of Knothole, Mechanuckles gives the flying knee. 
No, it's a headbutt. No, you're right. It is a headbutt. Oh, excuse me. He mentions it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a headbutt. That's why they didn't release this comic in the UK. Oh, man. I didn't get it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Is that is that like a standards and practice thing I didn't get? That that was a long-standing thing. Like, they, I remember they had to edit a headbutt out of Attack of the Clones because they weren't allowed to show that in the UK. Oh, wow. Oh, I suppose we do have a bad habit of nutting people over here. Sorry, different men <laughs> over here. That's uh, for, that t- for, a t- for a term of headbutting. Is that um, fall under, like, uh, you know... Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles. That's the sort of yeah. thing I think of. That's like the biggest example of like cartoon censorship I can think of over here was, uh, yeah, we're not allowed to have like nunchucks and stuff because of the, oh, the, like, cause it all started with Enter the Dragon, I'm pretty sure. And there's this whole thing ah. about some dude going around actually with actual nunchucks causing mayhem. And it's like, well, can't have those anymore. Ah. Uh, but that's a whole story for another day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just know that for us, it was always. Can't have even the mention of ninjas. Uh, I'll have to I'll have to add that to our show notes here. To get yeah, some Mikey and his grappling hook. <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna skip over trying to come up with a joke about oh, imagine some horrible incident in reality happening and people taking actions, whether disillusioned or not, prevent that in the future. Anyway, God bless America. <laughs> also, God bless America because Mechanicals managed to survive because he was built using one of Robotnik's old roboticizers before he started using inferior foreign parts. Oh, yeah. I was gonna oh, yeah that's another Jeez, really bro. stupid, like, that one is literally just like, that was on the news at the time. Like, I kind of remember oh, really? that. Oh, yeah. Well, okay, I'm, I'm making big sweeping uh, statements here, but this is also where you started to have like, oh, did you know the MSG in Chinese food can make you sick? And that whole started. And so, yes, the inferior foreign parts was definitely caught up in that whole. I don't even know what you call it. It was some horseshit, is what it was. But so, where were they from, Knuckles? Yeah. <laughs> what? 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 It, it doesn't even make sense in context. There is no. Uh, like Tails literally just had a mini series where he went down to the other side of the planet and down under, you know, Mobian, Australia, where uh, Robotnik is farming out parts and his combots. And it's 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 really stupid. It's another really bad joke that doesn't make any sense. Like the fact that Knuckles would take exception to something to being foreign parts. Like he's literally from another island. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's from a floating one. In fact, well, what are these foreign parts everywhere? That's not the floating island, Knuckles. Yeah, I know you got it in for those landlubbers, but <laughs> <laughs> oh, whatever. I could make some great jokes if I could actually remember the names of any of these Archie locations that represent real life ones. <laughs> oh, but no, I don't. No, know. I can't be expected to do that. Uh, Sandblast City. I think that's the only other one I can pull out of my brain. I think they were also a bunch of racists there too. <laughs> now that I think about uh, it, it's a rec- that's a recurring thing in Archie. Let's be real. Yeah. <laughs> uh, shame about all the racism, but all the robot fights were cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Mecha Knuckles carries Mecha Sonic back to the uh, Freedom Fighters. Uh, he's banged up, but Mecha Sonic is literally like on his very last legs. Oh, I have to interject and point out another uh, Mike phrase that Mike Gallagher inserts into almost every script is a character saying, holy abalone. It's one of two instances in this comic, and I think it makes more sense to have it in the other instance than... Then again, I suppose, oh, Rotor is uh, he's, he's a big... He's a walrus man, fish. 
Fair enough. I, I, I mentioned, uh, you know, in our previous episode on the Death Egg, I reread um, most of Sonic Quest, the miniseries uh, where Archie does that. Also written by Gallagher, and Tails says it. Okay. Well, Tails has got no excuse, unless he's really yeah. into sea <laughs> Also, I'm pretty sure Sonic says it in issue 40, or, yeah, it's it's literally just his go-to. I don't know, he probably heard it on some cartoon in the 70s, and whatever. <laughs> I mean, it's that and Holy for Holies, which is... Yeah, that's another one. Is that better or worse? I don't know. At uh, least that oh, one kind of... started. That one kind of rhymes, I guess? Yeah, I don't know. a little bit. There's kind of, there's similarity... I feel like I heard Holy Abalone on the Super Mario Brothers Super Show as well, which at least fits because, yeah, the, that was kind of the whole thing with the Mario Brothers is they were everything was about, like talking about food and Italian yeah. cuisine, yep. and pasta power, miserable manicotti. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Stupid it'll cartoon. be a piece of pie, pizza pie with pepperoni. Yeah, of course, that's what he said. Uh huh. God bless Lou Albano. <laughs> yes. So everybody is looking over the damaged Mechasonic, unsure of quite what to do. Nicole suggests that, well, basically they send Mecha Knuckles back through the roboticizer because the same unit can de-roboticize something that it itself roboticized, but that won't work for Mechasonic. Might I point out, by the way, that uh, Knuckles is pretty banged up. I would think that if he got de-roboticized in this state, wouldn't he just have like a bunch of huge gashes and cuts and everything in his body. Yeah. I mean, logically they, they've never really clarified cause that, that is why, um, you know, uh, uncle Chuck, uh, invented the process of robotization to begin with was to fix organic injuries. But I, oh. I, I don't think we ever really get the reverse of like, if you de-roboticized a damage robot mobian or robian uh does that damage transfer and then that's not even getting into the you know the aforementioned ben hurst saying how robotization worked in sat am where there are f- really external. fleshy parts down in there so eh, it's it is what it is it's fine <laughs> it's probably better that they didn't try and explain it yeah it's a dumb car comic for kids at this point. <laughs> yeah. That said, was this the roboticizer that roboticized Bunny? Is that what they were saying before? Or was it just from when they first met Bunny? It is clarified in, um, let me see, I'll find it, in yeah, 39. Here we go. As you know, we, re- we acquired this Portobot from Robotnik after our first Bunny Rabot encounter. Yes. So I'm assuming it's the one that roboticized Bunny. Now... They have stated that they can de-roboticize someone using this machine. Well, okay, this actually goes back to issue 29, the one with Mecha Sally, because they recover a de-roboticizer from a shipment to Robotropolis, and the first thing everyone suggests is we should use this to restore Bunny's body. And she herself says, uh, here, I've got the quote right here. Thanks, Sally, but I think we should use it as part of a plan to turn one of us into a robot. And then... Hashes out the the whole thing where uh, she says, yeah, if we, we, as long as we use the little thing that lets us retain our free will, it would be much easier to, you know, destroy Robotropolis from the inside. So they have established that Bunny is like, at at least at this point in her life, she uses, she is okay with her cybernetics as a way to be an ally to her friends. 
So that's consistent writing. Yeah, good for them. Oh, I feel weird about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that ruins my whole point, but that would have been funny. Um. <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah, I'll say I'll say it again. I mean, good on uh, you know Gallagher because he did not write uh, issue twenty nine. So hey, can you imagine it? Different writers actually reading the work of their their coworkers. We're shitting on Ken Penders again, <laughs> <laughs> as we all want to do. I will say another positive thing. I do. It's it's very sappy, and you know I do appreciate the the uh, another view from Metal Son or uh, Mecha Sonic, his Terminator vision, where Sally realizes that Sonic is still in there, and it's a it's a cute panel of her getting a little teary eyed, and it's just really nice. It's a, hey, it's it's a nicely drawn front facing Sally. That's pretty hard to do. <laughs> yes, yeah, true. So Knuckles goes back into the uh, roboticizer, makes a very confusing reference to the song Mustang Sally for some reason. Oh, God. I was wondering what yeah, that was. I had was. no idea. <laughs> Jeez, Knuckles, what are your freaking boomer playlist in this issue? <laughs> Just dropping these pop culture references left and right. Who do you think you are? A Sonic F character? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> hey, even we kind of dropped that after a couple episodes <laughs> <laughs> because we realized how insufferable it was <laughs> on full blast. Well, I just like to think that Knuckles, the only music that Knuckles listens to is the collection of music his dad left behind. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say that Knuckles' local library is like several years behind and doesn't really get new stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Who is maintaining the the floating islands <laughs> local library? It's Charmy. Uh, <laughs> oh God! Not even the diddly do version of Charmy. So that is a, a phrase that you use that will have barely any meaning to Jake. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. STC Charmy is just an insufferable little twist that <laughs> says the things that Ned Flanders would say, <laughs> except without the pious Christianity. <laughs> as far as we know. I know, was that a scrapped, <laughs> a scrapped STC story? Oh, golly, guys, I'm really into G Diddly Easy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, man. Oh, uh, we're, man, th- th- this is how I know we're, we're, we're getting towards the end here. We are wrapping up, yeah. I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we're doing so, it, aren't we? <laughs> I mean, Nicole pretty much saves the day here as poor Mecha Sonic is waiting to die. Nicole reminds us that Sonic went through a little journey when he got his one billionth ring back in the now classic Sonic number 35. As it's oh, today. it is, is it? <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Just like how my breakfast today was classic now. <laughs> <laughs> the least said about the ancient walkers, the better. But yes, Sonic's billionth ring contains special properties. Protecting him with a mystical aura that preserved his personality and soul and self and whatever inside the shell. Unfortunately... Rotor's equipment that he would normally use to de-roboticize Sonic was all destroyed with the rest of Knothole. So everybody's like, oh no, Sonic is still dying. Mecha Sonic's like, indeed, I'm late for my expiration day. I <laughs> uh, still got jokes, folks. Yep. yep. And then Nicole says that she wants to give it a try. She has a uh, retro procedure that she wants to try to use to get Sonic back to normal. Rotor is at first against it, but then I guess Nicole uses her diabetes test strip to <laughs> to <laughs> jump out of his hand. <laughs> you know, I I was gonna say maybe the more realistic that she gave him a little electric shock, but <laughs> yeah, just. just <laughs> 
just poked his hand and jumped out into Sally's outstretched hands. And so even Sally's kind of against it at first, but Nicole says, look, robots are always getting a bad rap, especially in this particular supersonic special. Let me give this a shot. (laughs) And Sally says, well, okay, if you say so. And then uh, we get a pretty cool panel actually on the next page um, where uh, it's only, it's only like three steps, but like Mecha Sonic is getting de-roboticized and, it's him kind of writhing in agony and then just brilliant light shining while a bunch of rings, I guess, fly out of him. And then we get regular Sonic back to normal for the most part. He's still got a bit of a headache. <laughs> I think Nicole's whole thing is she was going to amplify the energy from Sonic's billionth ring to, to you know, to, to restore his organic parts. But it does look at first like she's resuscitating him with the paddles, you know, like <laughs> yeah, clear. <laughs> His eyes bulging out. It's, a, it's very silly. <laughs> oh, oh I didn't even catch out. that the first time. Wow. Yeah. I yeah. He's got the you know the the, yeah. the the clenched teeth and oh, I did not realize his horrible robot eyes are bulging out of his skull. <laughs> he's got he's got Bender's <laughs> eyes from Futurama. Kind of breaking the <laughs> tension there. <laughs> he's gone full new grounds. <laughs> so yeah, Sonic is restored back to normal. And the very first thing he does is be like, Knuckles, what are you doing here? F you, F you. Screw you guys, I'm going home. <laughs> and he, he does. He's going back to the island. 90 Sonic is kind of a jerk, no matter which side of the uh... the pond you're on. <laughs> so I'm saying, look at this little, look at this blue twat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, don't even get me started on on the follow up issue to this that concludes the proper story. He's a oh man, he's a whiny little bitch in that. <laughs> so Knuckles flies away as he can do yes oh and then they arrest sonic because they suspect him of treason because he uh they still believe he deliberately went and got himself roboticized by robotnik and antoine being very opportunistic (laughs) we are finally getting into the real furry melodrama uh, that Archie Sonic is known for. <laughs> yeah, this is distinctly Archie Sonic and not Satyam, because like would Sally in the cartoons really be like, "Well, I guess it's the law." <laughs> like, I, no. Yeah, see, this is what I was talking about. It's it's just no Sally in the cartoons would be like, "I am the law." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Won't be the last time Sonic is officially arrested and <laughs> put in handcuffs by the royal court, though. <laughs> oh, you're right. What? Oh man, uh, I just saw what issue we're at. No. Uh huh. Yeah, less less than seven issues away is the old uh, end game. Uh, not today, though, folks. Not today. Uh, just the freedom fighters working against eco terrorists, and they're still caught up with. Yeah, but the laws, though, like all, the, all these dusty old laws of out of these like these not exactly law abiding citizens going around setting off like explosions on factories and stuff. Oh, I don't know. It's the <laughs> the old dusty book. And the weirdest part of it, especially in the next issue, issue forty, where you have the literally a kangaroo court because the judges are kangaroos get it they specifically say it's the royal acorn law and sally like puts on her vestments and crown and everything to you know pronounce sentence over sonic so it's it's even weirder it's not just like oh you betrayed the group it's like no this is the ancient you know divinely decreed royal law sonic the hedgehog and I it just feels like it comes out of nowhere. Like I said, like King, <sighs> King Acorn has not even been rescued from the uh, you know from the the zone of silence yet. 
I just um, feel like Archie just heard the title Princess Sally and like, well, she's going to have to take this sort of stuff seriously, isn't yeah. she? Yeah. No, and I mean, no. we, and we know how bad it gets when, when the king comes back and, oh boy, book chuck full of bad fathers, huh? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> how about this badass pinup of Robotnik, though? Yeah, yeah. This <laughs> page filler of Robotnik rules. <laughs> he's just, uh, he's upset, but he's looking good. <laughs> and also there's some backup stories. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, yeah. A really badly illustrated chaotic story where they're getting the... <laughs> kicked out of them by the Destructix, and the, the only purpose of this story is to introduce Mammoth Mogul, the uh, oh, he sucks. <laughs> <laughs> the creation of one of the editors at the time, Scott Fulop, who is uh, writing this strip under the name what name is he going under again? Kent Taylor? He did have a suit, he had a pseudonym at the time. Mammoth Mogul is just what if Vandal Savage, but in Sonic the Hedgehog. And I, I remember as a kid thinking he looked like the Kingpin from the 90s Spider-Man cartoon, so I would always read his dialogue as Tony J in my head. Um, and even that couldn't make him cool, because he's just a lame douchebag with a Chaos Emerald and a staff who can vaguely do some kinds of magic, and he's like 10,000 years old. Remember when he trained Silver in the future? Yeah. Well, I don't like to. Um <laughs> His main ability seems to be to talk about himself a lot. Uh, he, just, <laughs> he shows up and immediately lists off his backstory about how he was around the cave people, and then he, he found an emerald and is like, haha, I am the king of the cave people. But then the cave people are like, well, actually, no, F off. And he's like, well, I guess I will. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. And then, you know, how he went through all the various stages of Mobian evolution and society and... Yeah. Sorry, what are all these supposed to represent again? Like we obviously we see the uh, the cave smock, then he looks like a wizard in a cloak, and then he's like what? <laughs> uh, is he supposed to be like the like a musketeer? Like there's the, something like that, the like, like the Inquisition, <sighs> and then just man in suit. He's an ultra boomer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. He was the first Tory. <laughs> uh, I don't even know if that tracks. Uh, he's just, he's just, he shows up, he sends the Destructors after them, and the Chaotics are like, actually, you know what? Punch. <laughs> they all just punch him, and he's like, well, shit, this <laughs> it seems to be his thing. It's, he's like, I am great and powerful. Go away. Okay. Yeah, they, the Chaotics, they, they kick him right in the dick, and then he says, it seems I've erred. The time is not right. <laughs> and then he just screws right off. Yeah, just looking at that image, you're right, that's what it looks like, because it's meant to illustrate that all the Chaotics are attacking him and the Destructix, but he's like laying on the floor with his legs spread wide. <laughs> so they, they might as well just all be punching him in the dick at once. <laughs> I never accounted for this <laughs> particular <laughs> circumstance. It seems I've <laughs> aired! Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, I forgot that getting hit hurts! I'm out! <laughs> Charmy B delivering his patented cock punch. <laughs> Take this, you bad man. Death penalty. 
Right in the diddly diddly. <laughs> uh, you know what? Compared to compared to this middle uh, bonus story, the Forty Fathoms Freedom Fighters aren't that bad. Now we're not going to talk about it because it's stupid as hell. But it, it, suffer, mean, it suffers it, from the same problem as somebody starting. STC in like the late 90s and being like who is this Captain Plunder guy and what does he have to do with Sonic <laughs> yeah, I, I like technically you're right but how dare you compare Captain Plunder to these guys <laughs> I stand by my how dare you, just, you paint Captain Plunder with the same brush as the 40 Fathoms Freedom Fighters <laughs> Ray, Bivalve, Bottlenose PB jelly. Search your feelings. You know it to be true. <laughs> give me, give me Filch and Simpson at any time. I'm sorry, but like it, this, this, like we're not going to spend too much time talking about this. But it starts with the phrase "because you demanded Did it." Did we? Yes, they're back. No, like I was saying before we started, what happened is, is probably loads of kids were sending letters saying, "Oh, can you include Ray in the comic?" Ah, uh, we got you. <laughs> <laughs> Ray, Manta Ray. Oh my God! Yeah, he's just a he's a stingray, a manta ray. Not uh, Deborah. Anyway, uh, and then there was a gangster, Eel Capone. Lots of jokes. Holy abalone. Ninja, the ninja dolphin. <laughs> yeah, it's, he's got hired muscle. The muscles, yeah. you know, like mollusks. I, I, I'm at least glad they exist because I, I, if I remember correctly, John Gray in in many years' time brings them back for some very funny off panels. Like, I'm not offended by this. I just, like, no, it's just there silly. There could have been more that they could put in. Yeah, it's the fact that, okay, like I said, they should have should have put the main story from 39 in this special so you could have the entirety of the Mechasonic saga drawn by Patrick Spaziente in one special issue and not yeah. this dumb crap. <laughs> I mean, your kids pick up Mecha Madness, like, oh, cool, robot battles. Oh, it's a bunch of fish. Yeah, <laughs> at the end, the, at the end of the comic, we get when a dolphin hits an eel like a big piece of veal. That's a moray, like a moray eel. You get it? You get it? You get it? You get it? Yeah. Pizza. This is cruel and unusual punishment. We wasted thirteen pages of these backup stories. You're gonna read them, dang it. The end. Until you request more four F stories by writing to Sonic Grams. Did anyone? They're four F, all right. No, I, the the fact that this 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 came this came so so shortly after the Tales miniseries, only a couple of months. Like they already had this in the can, yeah. and just were looking for a, the book to throw it in. Don't put this on the the kids writing into Sonic Grams. <laughs> and then if you have the the scanned version of the comic with the ads in it, you know you get the Sonic checklist thing with like the the 3D polygon looking. Yeah, I always really like this art. It's it's I don't even know how to describe it. It's like low polygon, but obviously just drawn with like a line tool. But it looks really neat. They look like either Sonic Jam or Sonic the Fighters style uh, models of Sonic. Like yeah. that have been like drawn over and then we get an ad for a movie called house arrest which i've literally never heard of and no <laughs> and then jamie lee curtis isn't it yeah yeah jamie lee curtis Ken- kevin pollack jennifer tilly oh well that's christopher mcdonald wallace sean and ray walston as chef rocco okay 
Yeah, I've never heard of this either. <laughs> well, on the next episode of The Hills Always Greener, we're going to talk about House Arrest with Jamie Lee Curtis <laughs> and Kevin Pollack. <laughs> ben Stein is in this movie? Oh, Lord. <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes approval rating of 10%. Oh, <laughs> boy. Well, there you have it. <laughs> well, I don't trust those review sites. They don't know what they're <laughs> yeah. talking about. <laughs> what kind of bias are we talking Critics about? Critics aren't like the regular people. <laughs> Now, I don't know if you people at home can notice, but um, we've been recording for a while now, and I think we're at the end of this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Discussing. (laughs) They've covered these front to back, I suppose. We certainly have. Oh, wait, there's a Kit Kat advert. Oh, yeah. Go buy Kit Kats. They're yummy. (laughs) Get get those imported ones that are all the weird flavors. Those are really good. Oh, I love those Japanese ones. They're they're like tiny, but they're really nice. I know. I hate to I hate to sound like a weirdo, but ever since I started buying chocolate at Aldi, which is like good made with actual sugar and milk chocolate, all American candy tastes bad to me because it's nasty (laughs) corn syrup. The, the bare minimum of quality control in a proper country. <laughs> I do remember this Kit Kat ad was on a, the back of a bunch of Sonic comics. Yeah. It's like a, a find a find a object game. But yeah, that brings us to the end of these issues. And uh, like, I think they still look really good. Like both of them are, you know, two of the best early Archie artists at the peak of their power. But it's like, this was clearly right in the middle of that rough growing period where they were trying to figure out what exactly the identity of the comic was trying to be. And I think that the writing suffers as a result. I I really did forget that these are bogged down by a lot of story baggage. And even though that these were both specials that you had to seek out individually, if you had not been uh, reading the uh, monthly series alongside these, I just don't see how you would not be completely lost. Um, And, you know, I've I've said it throughout the whole episode. It really blows my mind that the Mecha Madness special is only half that story. Yeah, like... It's kind of hindsight is twenty twenty, but they really should have just combined this and thirty nine into one continuous story. I feel like it would have had even a, a better lasting power. Although I'm sure more people would have posted that really bad dialogue from Bunny along <laughs> as well. Yeah, yeah. If it was in the one Mecha Madness book, so hey, a double edged sword. <laughs> as an adult reading these comics now, I think the best way to describe them is that they have they have all the flash and artistic flair, but also all the substance of a pretty good to great Dragon Ball Z movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's some uh Oh, man, the one that immediately comes to mind, and I don't care whether you watch it dubbed in Japanese, whatever, is the Super Android 13 movie. Boy, that thing is a mess. And also a lot of uh, 90s baggage as well. Um, (laughs) That, yes, has one super cool fight scene at the end, and you're like, okay, well, I'm glad I saw that. (laughs) (laughs) But but the rest, mm, not sure. It's... Like, I don't have the childhood nostalgia for this, but I still kind of feel it in a weird way because there is something about, like, a stupid little comic where it's just like, this is the one where these two characters fight and it's going to be cool. Uh, I I kind of like that because, I don't know, I feel like it's really honest about itself. Yeah. And I I appreciate, like, seeing, like, here's the big fighty fight one. Here's Sonic versus Knuckles. That's what you want to see, isn't it? Here it is. Uh, it's not all that. Um, 
There's a lot of stuff that really shouldn't have been in there. But it does deliver on giving you cool fight. Like, both of these are cool Sonic and Knuckles fights. You get them. And I like that. Maybe maybe we should have more, like, IDW's just like, okay, there's a special, it's going to be blank versus blank, and it's going to rule. Like, yeah, my, why not? Take it back to the old days of Sonic comics where you could just sell an issue on the, on the fact that these characters are going to fight. Yeah. I did kind of just have a moment of realization that... July 1996 was when both of the Sonic comics were arguably releasing some of their most iconic storylines because we got Mecha Madness in Archie. June 1996 was Running Wild Part 3. Ooh, oh my goodness. Wow. Uh, that's going to have no significance for Jake whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, but no, Jake, trust us. We'll, we will get there when we get there. But <laughs> Okay. This, this was a good month to be a Sonic comic reader. wonder what was going on in Japan's comics. Were they still doing Sonic ones? Probably I think not. the manga had been retired by then. Yeah, I think uh, Japan just didn't care about Sonic at that point. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is my Sonic comic white whale, is to have a proper collection of those. Official or otherwise, like, a lot of those just straight up aren't translated, period. We will definitely get around to the manga, because I'm, I have ideas of where we can find some of that stuff, and I will do my best to track it down so we can do a deep dive on all about Nikki and Hedgehog Town and all that other weird <laughs> stuff. Oh, that does remind me again, you know, we say it every time. It's like, uh, you know, we won't give specific instructions, but all these Archie issues are in forever in a legal uh, a dead zone. So, yeah, just go find them wherever and read them yourself if you'd like. They're on the internet. How you get them is your choice. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to blow up anybody's spot <laughs> accidentally. Yeah, I guess that... Brings us to the end of this episode, and this will most certainly not be the last time we look back at some classic Archie Sonic. There is so much to talk about, yeah. to be honest. We're not going to talk about all about it, but <laughs> all of it. But there's some there's some things. Yeah, there there is definitely stuff to be discussed, but that is for another day. Until that day comes, though, you can find me on Twitter at Cyberlink420. Uh, you can find me around the internet as Game Buddy, sometimes with a one, two, three, and you can find me on Twitter at Great Job Jeremy. That's G R and the number eight. And you can find me all across the internet as at Falero. That's F A U L E W R O. Love that jingle. <laughs> <laughs> and I will say it every time. <laughs> uh, you can find me on all the socials as Rock the Jake, and you can find me on Twitch as Mr. Rock the Jake. And as always, special thanks to Amy Waters for the use of our theme song from the album Gotta Go Slow. You can check out more of her work on YouTube and Bandcamp. And of course, remember to subscribe, review, share the podcast. Help us to really get out there so that we can keep doing this and make it a bigger, better, and even more ridiculous and unhinged show. Especially this episode. We had a lot of laughs today. <laughs> yeah. You gotta laugh. Or you might cry. Laugh through the pain. <laughs> <laughs> but as for next episode, we're doing our first real like character deep dive on the true star of the Sonic franchise as far as I'm concerned. Oh. The many lives of Dr. Ivo Ovi Eggman Julian Kintabor Robotnik. <laughs> <laughs> as we approach uh, Sonic's 32nd birthday... Uh, so the the uh, you know the anniversary of the release of Sonic One, uh, and we reach episode thirty two of our podcast. We thought we'd go back to where it all began and talk about the most important character in that game, Doctor Robotnik. <laughs> 
Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to this. Because really, what's a hero without a villain? It's true. Just a citizen. And if anything, I've learned anything today is that Sonic is actually a villain. He's a jerk. All these media interpretations. But yeah, that's that will be next time. But until then, I'm Cyberlink. I'm Game Buddy. I'm Valero. And I'm Roth the Jake. And hey, everyone, welcome back to my live stream. Today we're destroying robots. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Thank you very much for listening to The Hill is Always Greener, and we'll see you on the other side. <laughs>